Welcome to Breakfast with Candles podcast. Simply put, this is a podcast that explores John Hughes films. Like them or hate them, we're going to deep dive into all of them. On this first episode, we talk about Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Enjoy. So, Jordan. Hey, Luke. Here we go. Ferris Bueller. So this is a movie that uh, I know I have thought about and enjoyed for many years. Um, I've probably only seen this movie maybe three or four times, but it's one one you know that that dates back well into my childhood and younger years. Probably middle school was about the first time I saw it. Uh, how about how about for you? Okay, Luke. When you when you first pitched this to be our first episode. <laughs> of breakfast with candles i was at first i was like okay you know it's got to be interesting for our first episode you know i don't want our first episode being heaping on praise over what we both declare as a timeless classic yeah. and thinking back <laughs> on the movie it was basically it's ferris bueller's day off of course it's great everyone loves fair and now that i've watched it you know i have my feelings are a little bit more complex oh, really? than i thought i have i have questions <laughs> i have questions about this one so that's good. Yeah, I'm ready to talk about it. <laughs> I have copious notes that I have uh, jotted good. down. And I, I know. I, I was expecting to just be like, haha, I laughed at that part. Yeah. Wow, yeah. isn't Ferris cool? Yeah. Blah, blah, right. blah, blah, right. blah. So, yeah, I watched this movie um, a couple days ago, so it's still fresh in my brain. But before mm-hmm. then, it was probably what you were saying middle school, ages ago. Just, you mm-hmm. know, when you're young. And impressionable. I was like, wow, right, this right. Ferris guy is super cool. Which and makes you a lot more forgiving, doesn't it? It yes. makes you less judgmental. And I think it, it it leaves this golden image of this movie in your head. I, I know that that's true of a lot of things, but uh, especially mm-hmm. John Hughes movies. Because so many of them, especially this one, you know, I I heard about and watched at such a young age. So it's interesting to come back to it, like you were said, yeah, for the so, first time in years. Yeah, I f- what I feel like we will talk about a lot <laughs> in this movie is how and I think John Hughes will see throughout his film collection here is that he is really good at tapping into feelings a lot of that is nostalgia and yeah. I think that's a yeah. lot of what this movie does and we, I'm, I'm looking forward to get into it what works yeah. as like a feeling and like also then what works as a movie and so right. I feel like there's an interesting dichotomy here that we'll definitely get into so there, there's one thing that I very much had a question on going into this movie. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think I talked to you about a lot of these movies back in the day. I feel like there's less of them now, but it's movies about the cool guy or whatever it is. It's like the name of the movie is like Van Wilder yeah. or whatever. The whole thing is about, oh, man, this guy's cool. You just like watching him be cool. And so the almost co- like they might have gotten their ideas from this movie. Would you say definitely, <laughs> definitely. There's a lot. This has spawned. Many a movies, many of uh, tropes that we have seen throughout. I'd say a lot of John Hughes movies do that, really. Definitely. He's all about this one being one of the top ones, yeah. Yeah, and so one of the questions I had for myself going into it is he cool? Like, looking at it now, I know I thought he was cool when I was in middle school. Oh my gosh, this guy, wow, so cool. Mm -hmm. But my question is at this point, is he cool? Would he be cool if we were? (laughs) Right. And, and so, especially, yeah. would he be cool back then, too? Because I think the answer would be no. 
Um, I think a lot of the things that are cool now, you know, weren't as cool in 86. This movie came out in 86, I believe. Yeah. So 86, I mean, that was well before, like, you know, the tech revolution that kind of defines the time that we're living in now. So I know, like, like when I think of him being cool, like, for me, that's like, oh, he had, like, the keyboard that had, like, the different, like, coughs and throw-ups. And, and, like, it was like, oh, my Uh, gosh, that's so cool. Like, it's such a simple thing now, but, like you know, in 86, that would have been like incredible to have something that cool. And of course a computer that you can hack in and change how many absent days you had. Like that's just amazing back then. Yeah. There was definitely some, some computer magic to behold yeah. in this movie. So like, uh, let, let, let's jump into it. Kind of jump into the movie. Sure. Like, so, um, I mean, just, just to put a little, little overview for those who may not have seen it or may not have seen it in a while, the general quick gist of the movie is, you know, he wakes up on this day that is a beautiful day, which they make sure you understand that. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, he, he wants to make a day of it. So, you know, he, he sells his parents that he's sick, you know, catches up with his best friend and then later his girlfriend and they go into Chicago and just have a great day. And, you know, a lot of cool things happen to him. And then it culminates in some interesting <laughs> things, including the ferrari that they were driving crashing and yeah yeah. um, so that's just a general overview for those of you who might not know maybe not have seen this movie but yeah there it is yeah (laughs) so what what's your first idea that you came away with well i feel like this movie is definitely goes with the three-act structure even though it is kind of structureless in a way where it's very much you're just kind of hanging out it does kind of try to take you to a place from point A, B, and C. In the right. beginning, like here in this beginning hours, it's very much fair. You can definitely divide it up into to acts for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and it's basically what you get. The first impression is Ferris Bueller is just at home. He's just, too cool for school. He's too cool for school. What does he <laughs> Literally. say? He's like, "How could I be expected to go to school on a yeah. day like this?" And so the question after that is, you know, you mainly just see him sit around at home and you think, oh, that's it. Because that's what we did, right? When we were kids, right, if we right. were ever going to fake being sick. Did you, yeah. ever, did you ever fake being sick? Uh, maybe. I definitely <laughs> did. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I faked being sick. Though I did not uh, try to attempt. I might have made it seem worse than it was. That could be the yes. better way of putting it. But the drama that we see <laughs> Ferris Bueller yeah. try to portray in those moments where he's hallucinating yeah. and being, yeah, my sister, is that you? <laughs> and all that stuff. Yeah, I don't know what parents would buy such a thing. But It's all about the clammy hands, apparently. Oh, yeah, he makes a big deal to mention the clammy hands. But a lot of this, this honestly, this first part of the movie... It's working a lot for me. I, I really enjoy him just messing around. It's this this classic comedic yeah, thing. Like, right. then they would cut back to school and be like, "Oh, apparently word is spread around." I know, and that that's another thing that I was saying. He's too cool for school because, like, you see that everyone else like really looks up to him and like mm-hmm. respects him. And you know, I don't even know if all those kids really believe that he was really that sick. It was almost just, "Oh, it's Ferris." Like, yeah. He and does so, what he wants, so whether or not he's sick, it's <laughs> awesome that he's doing this. Exactly. They ask full support, as we'll see through the movie, the Save Ferris campaign yeah. that grows larger and larger as they attempt to apparently save a dying Ferris from his Which, which I will mention, it starts with them talking to him on a payphone in the hallway of the school, <laughs> which I just thought was awesome. Yeah, it would be a awesome. A bank of payphones in your hallway. <laughs> 
Because these kids need to be calling their friends during school. I don't know why you'd ever need a payphone at your school. I mean, you're gonna if you call home, it's serious enough to where you're in the office. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what are they gonna do anyway? They're making money (laughs) off those kids. I guess so, off their social skills that they have. So this is some of my favorite parts of the movie. I'm not gonna lie. the The whole joke is they they do some boring stuff at the school. We got to see Ben Stein like teach about like the economic situation before like the great depression and so like you know what what i what i kind of thought was cool in those scenes like those intro scenes where it shows the classes is i noticed john hughes likes to really make a point by zooming in on everyone's faces oh my gosh or like objects in the whole like the whole school scene like especially the classrooms he'll like zoom in on something and hold you know while a teacher's talking or songs playing or something and then move on to the next zoomed in thing and I don't know. It's just an interesting style thing that I think kind of, you know, you know it's his movie when you see those kind of scenes. It's funny you brought that up because I actually did notice in that scene. I I did pick this one up on Blu-ray. It was relatively cheap. And watching it on a bigger screen in high def, I when those close-up scenes came, I was like, man, he they did not shy away from that. These are kids yeah. with acne yeah. and yeah. blemishes. I was like, wow, you just don't, you would never authentic. You yeah, exactly. Sure. You that's something you would never see. Yeah. In in a modern movie, only recently they were not ready for Blu-ray. <laughs> no, certainly not. But I love the joke where they basically are bored to tears. By him talking about tariffs, and they cut to yeah. cut to him playing the the clarinet. Yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. I love love that stuff. <laughs> him just messing around the house, and then yeah. then we get to kind of the stuff that leads us into our next act. After like he's being doubted by his principal and stuff, which you know, mm-hmm. uh, Mister Rooney. It's a great scene. Mister Rooney played shows by shows uh, his shenanigans with the phone calls and. He yeah. calls right at the moment that he's like, yeah, this is definitely Ferris. That, <laughs> that fool, I've got him. And then, and then the drums when it zooms in on the, the principal's face. Classic zoom-ins. When in he this realizes movie. Ferris is on the other line. Classic dramatic right. zoom-ins. This, uh, this actor, um, Jeffrey Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's Beetlejuice. Almo- Beetlejuice. He's almost known <laughs> for these roles of being this like stuck-up Usually a dad or a principal or a boss, something like that. Jeffrey Jones, I think he's a highlight in this film. Yeah, I'm a. Uh, I'm gonna say the same. I'm a sucker for this kind of role. Um, I think it's uh, one of the biggest roles of like this was What About Bob? Richard Dreyfus is yeah. a stiff-necked man who is slowly driven insane yeah. <laughs> by the chaos around him. And I think another we, classic. Yeah. I, I made up a term for this, the Dreyfus effect, Richard Dreyfus, because it's a classic thing that we see very much in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. And Jeffrey Jones just hams it up every moment to just lose his yeah. mind the further we go into this movie. Yeah, but then... Departing I, from reality quickly as to what a principal would actually... <laughs> the lengths a principal would go to catch a, a student. I'd say he crosses the line almost straight away. <laughs> yep. As I a, know it's not him, so I'll start call, calling whoever this is all kinds of names. Yeah. So, like, as it gets started, he calls he calls up his friend Cameron. And, and it's like, at that point, we kind of see what he wants to do. Because, if, again, this is where it divulges... There's reality, and this is where the film is going into kind of fantasy land. Because, yeah. you know, when we faked our sicknesses in our, in our high school days, it was just us sitting around watching The Price is Right and stuff like that and just kind of maybe yeah. playing, sneaking some <laughs> video games in there. I don't know. But Ferris Bueller has plans. Probably didn't include a Ferrari in our plans. Certainly not. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Certainly not. We'd be lucky if it was a, there was a bicycle. Do, do you think at this point Ferris knows where this day is going to go or he's... 
ad-libbing as he goes because I'm not sure. It's really hard to say, man. I, I, he does. He never states that he has a plan. It's. Be, I think it may be a plan not to have a plan. There's some things that are stated throughout this movie about like just kind of waking up with fresh eyes, mm-hmm. and we know we'll see where that takes us. But, but I, I don't know. From for me, basically, is it, it's interesting when he calls Oprah's buddy Cameron, and who is actually sick at this point. Yeah, <laughs> we, we should mention that this man, this poor man, especially at the beginning here, he's sick. He's singing to himself. Yeah, with his he's, Tesla lay up yeah. in the corner. <laughs> he's giving himself Set a in the mood. He's giving himself a blood pressure test. It's <laughs> it's not looking good, but uh, eventually Alan he succumbs. Ruck is his buddy. That's the actor. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I've not seen him in much. Yeah. What, have we seen? He's that? good though. He he's very good in this role. I looked it up. He 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 was in some smaller things, but uh, no, nothing as big as this. Yeah. No, no. I think this is. He's it a good him. actor though. Yeah. I mean, apparently Enjoy he was. Part. He was concerned with his age at the time. He thought he was maybe too old really? for the role. Hmm. But basically, he, you know, the, the, once you read the character, who's kind of this kid beyond his years and kind of didn't fit in, he was like, "Oh, that was kind of that way when I was that age." So yeah. I guess I'll make it. Where he's yeah. like thirty something. It's at that point, really. Wow. Yeah, it's like thirty-two at th- this he time. Good for thirty-two. Yeah, or maybe his or late twenties. I don't know. But either way, he was way past the age of. A senior in high school, and I feel like that's a thing. That's yeah. a thing in the eighties yeah. and nineties. A lot of time, even now, where you'll have yeah. these old men yeah. playing <laughs> freshmen, and yeah. seniors, and everything. Plenty of late twenties and thirties guys. Mm-hmm. But he's so Ferris says a few things about him, like that he is basically the biggest tightwad ever. Basically, <laughs> making him seem like he is just insanely just go with the flow, follow yeah. the rules, and everything. Which you come to understand more about him later, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he seems to have a lot of fear in his life, but he's eventually coaxed into going over. He didn't even say why, did he? He just said, yep. come over. Yep. I'm staying home. <laughs> come over. We have plans. Yeah, it was almost like he was enticed by the idea of tricking the principal on the phone. Yeah. It was almost like, oh, that kind of sounds like fun. Which is interesting for someone who's so straight-laced yeah, yeah. that he'd be willing to do something. Straight-up lie to the principal. <laughs> really, really bad. Yeah. Like, ex- <laughs> Definitely worth worthy of skipping school is one thing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. and so it's interesting that he is willing to kind of go along with that. But yeah, so he's roped in and it's this whole elaborate plan about getting his girlfriend Sloan out of school too. Yeah, and she obviously knows it's coming too. If you notice, yeah, as soon as the uh, nurse or whoever that lady is walks in, she starts putting her books away, which I thought was interesting because they didn't really indicate that. You know, that was part of his plan or anything. So mm-hmm. there must have been some plan put together the day before or something. Yeah. And again, all this stuff's working for me. I think he has a really good impression when he does that, like, trickster voice of yeah. the parent. Yeah. I don't know, that mm-hmm. classic high-strung, well-to-do parent thing of <laughs> trying to get out of, get Sloan out of school, out faking her grandparents. He sounds like a mafia boss. <laughs> yeah. It, it's really good. Really good voice. But, um... <laughs> At this point, the plan starts to take motion. I think they're making some... Okay, so here's one one criticism. Not really criticism, but just kind of something I'm bewildered about. the How many insane risks he takes. I mean, obviously, Ferris thinks he's oh invincible. Oh, my gosh. But at this point, they go pick up Sloan Showing from up right there, just standing in front of him in sunglasses. Yeah, at first, I was like, oh, so they're going to get Cameron to be the dad. Because, like, he's the one that, like... Ferris is the one that... Uh, that the dean is after. He's after him. He like he knows that he's doing something. So it makes sense to get Cameron to yeah. disguise himself. Instead, he shows yeah. up 
immediately starts it making out. It reminds me of uh, the last Ant-Man movie when, they, when they're like, uh, these aren't disguises. This just looks like ourselves <laughs> at a baseball game. Exactly. <laughs> I'll put a hat and sunglasses on and a trench coat. It's the first of, of many baffling. Now I'm a 45-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's just him standing there and decides to make out with her as they drive away with yeah, her of course. and hollering yeah. from a Ferrari. Of course. <laughs> so I think at this point, the day off with friends begins. I think the main, the main cast is assembled except maybe the sister who is just... She seems kind of yeah. crazy. She's yeah. kind of at school. Just she's an interesting character. Just mad. She's not in most of the movie, and then she's in like these key parts near the end. Yeah, and so yeah, at this point the cast is assembled. They just kind of take off into Chicago, and at this point, I I honestly I I don't know how. So this is the part where it go- goes off the rails for you. Okay, it doesn't go off the rails per se. I'm I'm with the movie. But what I will say, I'm laughing less, I'm understanding less, I'm relating <laughs> less. And so at the beginning where I'm like, oh, this is just kind of an elevated version of a, of a classic thing we experience in all of our lives. Yeah. Skipping school, how everyone views it, all the you know, envisioning how all the teachers are mad, fooling your parents and all that stuff and trying to get your best friend to come hang out with you. This is it's something that like we could understand. But then when we go into Chicago... It's it's almost like they're adults almost because okay so we we kind of know that based on kind of where they live they have they're like well off at some point at least their parents are they yeah. they have money yeah how in the okay so how in the world do they do like half the stuff they do they get to the town they check they basically go to a, like a parking attendant and foolishly give those maniacs the Ferrari <laughs> and then they walk around Chicago in their eighties clothes. And they do all sorts of stuff that I'm like, they're not like doing anything that's like that a kid could possibly do. Super but, fancy restaurant is the first one where his dad happens to be. Yeah. Which is just crazy. Too bad for I love how That's a twofer. It, it really happens at the end of the movie, but I love just how oblivious they make Ferris Bueller's parents. Oh my God. Like they nearly run into him. Like he's in the bathroom and he hears Ferris. There's no way he wouldn't have heard Ferris in the bathroom of the place talking you remember when he's talking to the camera like about about uh, his friend, right? He's talking about how he's so yeah. tight. And and then he steps out of the bathroom like nothing. Like he wouldn't know his son's voice <laughs> while he's in the stall. I don't, I don't even understand. Funny. And it, then he's standing right there next to him while he's talking to his buddy. Right there. They're like, <laughs> of course, he never looks up. He's like, oh, no, my dad's here. And they're yeah. like, and he's yeah. right there. They're not even attempting I'll definitely steal hide. his cab instead of just <laughs> run away. Exactly. <laughs> It makes so, perfect okay, sense. Another thing they can afford, they can afford all the cabs they could ever want, I guess. They could they go to the <laughs> restaurant, which is so fancy that they have to have a reservation in the middle of yeah, the day on a weekday. She has to be the sausage king of Chicago <laughs> to even hope to be able to get into that restaurant. And so, yeah. I, I, I don't think I've ever been into a restaurant like that. No, I can't even imagine what the prices would be. <laughs> I was expecting them to just like be fooling around, like drink water and be like, "Huh, isn't this funny?" and leave. <laughs> yeah, like just for the rush. But no, they're 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 seen eating. I'll take the main lobster. We're taking yeah. in the food, and I was yeah. all kind of expecting. I don't know if they like dine and dashed or something like that, but I was like, "Oh my, <laughs> I don't know." And so, where do they go from there? They they go off on a cab. So then I think it's the museum. The museum. The museum's okay. Museum's next, and there's a lot of. 
I, I thought it was kind of a cool, just stylish shot. You know, there wasn't a lot of story development there, but it was just like they're standing in front of different pieces, you know, at, at different angles, and they're kissing in one. And I'm um, going to agree with you. I I really like the museum. It's just kind yeah. of the, a mix between the movie and the talk the, the music. And, yeah. and again, the way they because it's just like all music in that scene, and it's, it's, it's really very, cool. uh, very artsy fartsy in a way, kind of just, it, and it's interesting. I like the scene where Cameron's just staring at the painting yeah, as it gets exactly. closer and closer. Yeah. I don't get yeah. the point of it really, but I was kind of laughing at it. I thought it was right. just kind of a, a fun thing as yeah. he has a, as a Ferris and Sloan are kind of just going to places, making out. He's just staring yeah. at this camera in this, staring in this into the abyss. <laughs> amazement. I don't know if he's going um, further into insanity or what, but around this time is when it shoots back to the car valet, and yeah. they're you know continuing to drive like fools. But what I thought was so interesting and in. A modern age like we have now like this would never happen they have the star wars theme yep. music i knew you were while they're there. jumping the ferrari down some road and it was like how what what's happening how what like, and why okay. like what movie today would take the theme music of another movie especially a, a big movie i mean i i realize this is 86 but you know star wars still had quite a bit of success you know, in the late seventies when it when it came out, it's just it's amazing to me that yeah, it's a, they got the rights or why they would use that. Like yeah. of all the songs. They could have used Van Halen or anything. <laughs> and even something that would make more sense. Like I I wonder why I mean, I know I don't think people were as precious about their rights back in the day. I mean we yeah, were we were able world. to get yeah, we're able to get movies thought. like Who Framed Roger Rabbit where Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse were at a scene together. Something that would never happen. Yeah. And so I think that this would never be allowed today, but like they would have had to fight for it and it just wouldn't have happened because obviously why would Star Wars theme be in this scene? <laughs> They're just jumping I off thought of it was funny. Yeah, it was funny. It definitely fit the scene and it was funny. I remember when I do remember there's a few scenes that when I was in middle school or whatever watching this for the first time, I very much remembered and it was this. I thought this was just <laughs> the height of hilarity is them yeah. taking his dad's Ferrari and taking it for a joyride. <laughs> So, so uh, this is this is around the time when I had another one of my notes where the principal has now arrived at Ferris's house, you know, seeking out, you know, is this kid really here? He, he keeps yeah. saying like, there's there is something afoot, and I'm going to figure out what it is. And he rings the doorbell, but right before he rings the doorbell, he's actually humming the Donkashe song. You can barely tell, but he's humming the song, and then soon after that is, of course, the most iconic scene of this entire movie, which is the parade and Ferris, you know, singing several songs up on the... And the first song that Ferris sings is the Don Quixote, which I only know it as Don Quixote. I don't know if the whatever the actual name is, but yeah, just uh, like this foreshadowing, I thought it was really neat. And then later on... I didn't even notice His that. sister is in the police station, and she walks away after making out with... Uh, what's his name? Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. Yeah, Charlie <laughs> Sheen, of course. Uh-huh. Um, she's humming Don Quixote as she leaves that scene. So Interesting choice. I had never, <laughs> I had never noticed that until this watching, so I, I thought huh. that was kind of an interesting thing that... John Hughes kind of jammed in there. It's like a an Easter egg within your own movie <laughs> yeah, yeah. about the movie you're making. Currently. I think that stuff is so cool. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's that's a fun little little weird thing that they yeah. did. And so, like, yeah, then we get some physical comedy with the dean as he trips all over himself, runs away from a dog. Fun stuff, sure. Yeah. Just <laughs> just a you know comedy of errors as he's <laughs> right trying to break into their house. You know, classic dean move, breaking into their house. <laughs> 
So, okay, where else do they go? They go to a baseball game. Right. And, of course, they're on TV, right, when the dad walks up to the bar oh or the grill or whatever. <laughs> was this, this His father, I guess, is having second lunch at this point. Like, I don't know. All I guess normal that's what he does for Working middle school men, middle-aged men have. I, I guess so. I guess he just goes <laughs> to fancy dinners and goes to baseball game with his coworkers, and that's all No, he no, he was at the bar, but it was on TV. Oh, I see. And okay. that, that's when the, uh, the, the bartender, the grill guy, whatever he... The dad's like, like, who's up or whatever. Or no. Yeah. It was his dad, right? I think so. Or was it the principal? Oh, no, it's, think, it's one of them. But he's like, it's... he's like, who's up? And he's like. It was the principal. The That's Bears. right. The Bears. <laughs> the football team. He was team. at zero the to football zero. football team. Yeah. And he said, who's winning? The Bears. The Bears. <laughs> like, you don't care, so I can say anything. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like John Hughes, this was like a big love letter to Chicago for him. Right. He wanted it to be like, let's tour around Chicago and see stuff, which they certainly did, which I think brings us to, again, what you said, they had that iconic scene, which, uh, which I, I, I've, hmm. So what happens? <laughs> <laughs> Cameron's complaining about, he's like, whatever. He's still he complaining. He thinks that Ferris has ditched them at this point. Yeah. Before they realize he's up there. He said, I haven't seen anything good. And then Ferris wanders off. And then right, he's right. like, oh, hasn't seen anything good. Right. And, this is to my friend who doesn't think he's seen anything good. Yeah. And then, okay, so then he lip syncs to Dakache. Right. And, and... then I think Twist and Shout after that. Twist and Shout. I Honestly, I, I, <laughs> this was very much... There's a lot of fantasiful scenes in this movie. This is very much the one that's... So far. The most, like... So detached from reality. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. singing and dancing along like it's a musical world at this point. Yeah, and it's like I remember again watching this as a, as a I was wrapped up in the emotion of this moment and like wow, <laughs> he's so cool. He's dancing along with everyone. Yeah, this is this middle is school just, Jordan. Yeah, middle school Jordan. About. I was like, this is amazing. He's lip singing to these songs. Everyone's looking. This is awesome. He's yeah. so cool. But now I just kind of watch it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like honestly, that's where I'm at. I was like watching it, just like, what is happening? Like everyone's everyone, the entire including city his block, father, including his father <laughs> from his office window is looking. Oh, down. he's enjoy- he's loving it, and it's everyone just loving Matthew Broderick, kind of. Kind of badly lip syncing to this <laughs> to this song, I may add. But you know, whatever. It, I feel like he could have actually sang it too. He has a decent voice. He has a really good voice. We go, know from the producers. Yeah, he'd go on to do the producers, and yeah, so he's yeah. pretty good. So I don't know, but whatever. It's a semi musical moment of just uh, a fun time. It's either gonna work for you or it's not. For me, it was just kind of like it, it created more questions than moments of enjoyment for me. Because like again, it's. <laughs> It's so far forward, uh, uh, past the realm of realism that kind of was set up at the beginning, and it's right. it kind of ebbs and flows. It, it doesn't know if it wants to be this insane, almost parody movie where stuff like this is possible, or if it's a more grounded story about just it's like taking time to enjoy a day. Yeah. It's, it's so it's kind of it, it wants to. It be wanders. <laughs> it it very much wanders. Not, not a straight arrow. You could tell at that moment they were like, we want this scene to happen kind of just because it's fun. Yeah, probably yeah. because, you know, he loved Chicago and that was a way of showing the whole downtown area. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it worked for me, but I can understand. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty fantasiful. And that's that's pretty much their last stop on their, their day off, isn't it? Yeah. They get the car after, you know, somehow yeah. it's miraculously 
not a dent in that thing. And this it's point, time to go into Cameron panics. For a long time, yeah. yeah. He, he, Basically the rest of the movie. Yeah. He loses it. <laughs> Basically the rest of the movie. And I, I want to say, I want to say real, real quick, we've talked a lot, but we haven't, we've probably talked the least about Sloan. She doesn't really have much to do here. She's kind of... Yeah. She doesn't even have that many lines. No. Even though she's in a lot of scenes. She kind of follows him around and just kind of laughs and she's charmed by Ferris. And every yeah. now and then she'll try to calm Cameron down. And there's some discussion about how Ferris is joking around, talking about... I want to marry you. And then yep. they seem to take it kind of seriously, but yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty much all she gets to do. Which I don't know that actress for much. I think I've yeah. seen her. I've seen like two thirds of Legend, that one with the Ridley Scott film with Tom Cruise before I shut it off. Uh, okay. <laughs> she's a, she's a the star, okay. starring role in that movie, but right. uh, she hasn't done too much. But they, you know, she doesn't have too much in this movie. But um, yeah, so this is Cameron Freakout. A lot time. of John Hughes actors seem to go that way. Yeah. There's only a few that really broke out. They shine the brightest in the 80s, for sure. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, we'll get there later, but I think we can even say the same thing about our our boy, Matthew Broderick. Um, Yeah. This is kind of, this is his time. Yeah. He will soon transform into a completely different actor. (laughs) And so... (laughs) And so it's, we go, we go back to his dad's house, right, to return the... The Ferrari, which... They go to the pool, actually, next. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and then Cameron proceeds to have a suicide attempt, I guess. I, I have no idea But then he was joking. The... I, He's, I all He's all better. He's all better. Apparently, he was this. watching Ferris's girlfriend undress. Yeah, it just... <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's like one it of It was those... a little weird. It was, almost, things, it was one of those yeah. scenes that could have you know, stayed or could have gone, really. At the end here, we have a lot of these scenes where they're talking and they're trying to like convey emotions there are some yeah. scenes that happen where they talk about emotions but honestly a lot of the times i don't really know what they're talking about it was like they really wanted to tell cameron's like backstory is what it felt yeah. like and this was the part where it was like you have to understand why he's panicking so much about this car because mm-hmm. you know ferris goes into more detail about his family and how controlling they are and how it such a sterile environment, I think, is what he said. And what a tough place it'd be to be a child and a baby growing up. And he has the emotional arc of the movie, doesn't he? It's, it's weird because it's like to me, this is like the epitome of a feel-good movie. And then you have stuff like this that it's like, well, this doesn't really feel like it goes with the rest of like mm, everybody yeah. downtown, you know, dancing around to twist and shout. And then we go into. <laughs> He has all these father issues, and his, yeah, and his parents seem to ignore him. And I don't know; it seems overcomplicated for you know a teen comedy. <laughs> they seem to have wanted to do it, but not take the time that it would take to get us to the, to get us to that point where we yeah. understand what he's whereas doing. Like, care at least. Whereas, like a movie like The Breakfast Club really dives into it, you know, mm-hmm. and I think explores it well. Whereas this one, it's like it mentions this these things and doesn't go into them. It's, it's strange, strange mix. Yeah, and so at this point they take him home finally as he's like, they return the Ferrari and they have this insane yeah. scheme. We, we know from yeah. the beginning, oh, we'll just drive it backwards home and it'll of course. be fine. We know. Like everyone knows. Like everyone knows. That's I think the I've, perfect thing to do. I've seen that gag in Tiny Toons before, but I think in reality, <laughs> yeah, we knew that this would not work out the way that Ferris hopes. And what? did Ferris even really think it was going to work? I don't know. He seems to be pretty it shocked. It was just an excuse for Maybe. to get Cameron out of the house. Maybe, which which Ferris seems to like be conveying that this is like I don't know if this is his 
twisted way of like just kind of doing what he wants but he kind of makes it seem like it's for him it's for cameron yeah oh i'm afraid he's going to liberating him i'm liberating him i'm afraid he's going to grow up and then he's going to marry the first girl that gives him the time of day something like that it's just you know yeah it seems that this is where the emotional climax uh, you can't see it but i'm making like the finger the finger quotations (laughs) of the movie is where Cameron realizes that this is not working and he loses <laughs> his mind. Let's put a car up on blocks. Then let's put a brick on the gas pedal. And then let's proceed to kick the front of this vehicle. Not what great. What seems wrong with this idea. Also, we're two stories up. <laughs> we're two stories up in this glass garage, you know. <laughs> Which is absolutely beautiful, by the way. It's amazing. Their house is just so cool. Amazing. And the fact that their garage is this glass room, sitting on the side of a hill, is just so beautiful. Yeah, definitely so cool. rich, man. Definitely rich. Yeah. I don't know if the money that they spent was that day was just Cameron's that was just, that was, that was or whatever. just money in the ashtray that his dad had left in there. Perhaps. Perhaps. We don't know what <laughs> any of their parents do for a living, really. There's some talk with the mother about losing a job, yeah. but... Yeah. Again, this is well. well she sells out. houses. We we do know that. Okay, so yeah, that that that's about the only one. But yeah, most likely stock traders and <laughs> bank brokers. I think yeah, that's I a safe assumption. But with that garage, you'd feel like him crashing the Ferrari would almost be nothing. But either way, he does lose his mind and like starts bashing the bumper. What's he yeah. saying there? Yeah. Like, I have done stand i'm sticking up for you i'm sticking up to you i don't know i'm done being yeah. afraid it's a lot of yeah. lip service to what he's to he's being afraid which of would have father. been fine but we just we didn't really get enough backstory to understand why he was feeling this way apart from you know what ferris had said which is kind of speaking in generality about yeah. his situation at home it, it was just strange that they they pushed it so far with that when it's like you know we didn't really understand yeah. it yeah we don't know how afraid for him we should be. If it he was, could have been cool if they'd you know explained it more in the beginning, yeah. maybe shown some interaction between him and his father and his mother, whatever was stressing him so much. Yeah, we don't know what would make him mad at this yeah. point because he seems to be this really good student, really doesn't do anything wrong, and then in this moment he's like, no, it's finally time for me to stand up for my dad. But if he was afraid of him before and he yeah. didn't do anything wrong, and what does he beat him? I hope not, because if so, he's gonna. This is the last. <laughs> we see right. of poor Cameron in this scene. It's time to go somewhere else, Cameron. So that seems to be it. There's one moment that I think is of note where after he crashes the Ferrari and totally destroys it, that he's like, it's okay or whatever. And Ferris does do probably the only real selfless thing we've seen him do. He offers, yeah. at least. He offers to take the blame for him, which right. is to let you kind of know that a lot of the stuff that Ferris was saying about him was genuine. So at this point, we know that Ferris, we're meant to know at least that Ferris isn't a bad kid, that he actually does have decent, at least, right. intentions. Yeah. And so I thought that was kind of necessary because otherwise you could just view Ferris as this, this guy just came and just destroyed yeah. this guy's <laughs> life. And he doesn't care about anyone. But in this moment, you kind of see that he just he has a way of going about it, but he does in some way care yeah and this is the last we see of cameron right we don't yeah. get Fer- ferris was by far the one that you kind of understood the most of what what yeah. was going on you saw the relationship between him and his sister and him and his father and mother and 
what suckers they were really is what you saw he's a brilliant and how clever he was yeah but simple simple uh guy which i think is why people yeah. are driven crazy by him because he gets yeah. away with everything oh and by the way i forgot to mention this before is this is this our kevin McAllister prototype like he <laughs> the way he rigs his room and yeah. all these traps yeah. and tricks he he pulls is he should have recorded a few more uh takes though for the doorbell because that was the main yeah. way that Jeffrey, yeah. I say Jeffrey Jones. That's what, what's the principal's name? Do we uh, remember Dean Rooney, Mr. Dean Rooney. Rooney? Yeah, Rooney. That was the way Rooney kind of realized that he was somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. So at this point, we're running through backyards. We drop the girlfriend off, mm-hmm. and we're running through backyards, which I I really like. I think this is kind of a scene that is played out. I feel like in several other movies that I can't think of right now. All the time, but. <laughs> But I think this is maybe one of the first times that this kind of thing has been put to film, which is, mm-hmm. I think is just such an iconic, you know, view. And of course, the the thing that has definitely been copied over and over again. You you run past the girls in bikinis and then come back hey, and say hi to them. How you doing? How's it going, uh, Ferris? Yeah, it, it's we had a Family Guy. We had it kind of homage in Spider Man Homecoming. It's it, and yeah, many right. many more that I I cannot recollect, but yeah, it's, and this is when the sister almost runs into him with the mother right there, and she doesn't see him. Yeah, yet again showing what a fool these parents are. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, we we've we pretty much skipped over uh, what's her name, Jean? Is that is that her name? We skipped over Jeannie. Her, yeah, Jeannie. We skipped over her entire yeah again finger quote storyline where she uh, what calls happens? the police because she she, police she sees the principal. She thinks it's Ferris, runs into the principal, and kicks him, knocks him out cold. <laughs> How does she end up in prison, though? Well, she called the police, and then they got there, and the principal had already left, and they said, you know, you made a false claim. Oh, so then they shoot. brought her in, then they called her mom. That's right. That's and that's where he meets Charlie, meets Charlie Sheen. Sheen, which is which definitely... Is like, he's like pinnacle <laughs> cool Sheen at this point. He's like a drugged-out sage. <laughs> many wisdom that he will bestow upon her and then he starts, I did like his hair. <laughs> yeah, very cool looking. Very cool with a capital C. And so they make out and she goes back home and that's where she runs into to Ferris and they start yeah, starts they're chasing driving them. home. But yeah, and she floors it and then the cops are chasing her and then for some reason they just stop chasing her. Did you notice that? Oh yeah, she runs the <laughs> she right. runs through a stop sign and turns right in front of them. Then they follow her and are following her past her dad, and then all of a sudden they're not following her. You know, like most yeah. chases are with the cops, where they just stop following you for no reason. GTA, maybe she went into like a sprain pain. I don't know, but <laughs> they wanted to do the joke, but they didn't want to. <laughs> they didn't want to send it Let's all the way to the finale. Lose the cops. That's too hard to deal with that. Yeah, and. <laughs> So when he gets home, what he gets home just in time to meet uh, Principal or Dean Rooney, and at this point yeah, he, he got him stolen it's over. the key. Yeah, <laughs> again crossed another line, and so at that point is when um, Jeannie actually stands up for him. Which I don't know why she took that. I guess the the sage. I feel like maybe she'll know that. that he owes him one. Maybe uh, something like that. Yeah. He gave him a bit of advice, like, ooh, what do you care about what your brother did? Or something like that, whatever. Yeah. And she was like, okay, yeah, she sticks up for him and like br- seems to bribe kind of principal because they, yeah. she has his wallet Blackmail. that he dropped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so, yeah, what what do we wrap up with? <laughs> like he goes back to bed and his parents are yeah. none the wiser. And yeah. 
He says no lessons have been learned. Well, he says that line again. He's like, sometimes you just have to wake up and see the world new. Something along those lines. And then, that's but it's where, kind of the same tune he was singing this morning when he yeah made this poor choice to take on this day. And oh no, he's our cool guy. He didn't learn it. He doesn't <laughs> get really get to learn anything. He just yeah. kind of guides the other characters yeah. along to their supposed. I night. guess I'm just used to movies of this day always teaching kids a lesson. Yeah. And this one very much does not. It's kind of like, kids, you can get away with it. It's really okay. You can do it. It's fine. Just go for it. As long as you want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) As long as it's a beautiful day and you really want to, just do it. So I would say that's it, but we have a few (laughs) post-credit scenes, right? Um, Did you stick around for the post-credit scenes? Oh, well, let me tell you. Okay. Oh, Rooney rides on the, uh, the school bus. It lasts almost the entire credits. I yeah, was like, yeah. it was kind of awkward. Of course, we get the famous boom, boom. Yeah. Like that classic song Beautiful. that will be used. And it's awful, <laughs> but it's used in probably about 280 to yep, 90s yep. movies. And the, what's the joke there? He rides the bus and some girl... Bet acts, you've never smelled the inside of a bus. Sells, shares <laughs> them some gummy beans or gummy worms or something like They're that. They're warm from being in my oh, pocket. Yeah. That was weird. It was basically like... It's such a short thing, but it lasts like 10 minutes. It feels like at least. Yeah. I don't know if it does. but And then we get our, not our first, but definitely one of our first post-credit scenes. Like, cause this wasn't <laughs> as common as it is today where Marvel has trained us to kind of right. sit and uh, look at all the right. credits of whatever movie we're watching. Right. Even if it's like your latest drama or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, we get one of our first here. It's not the first again. I think we had... I, th- I tried to look it up, and one of the first ones was, I think, the Muppets movie or something huh. like that. And so, But it wasn't done often, that's for sure. And this was parodied, of course, in the post-credit scene of Deadpool, where it's right, just uh, right. him in his bathrobe telling the audience to go yeah. home, the movie's over. And that's it. And so, yeah. Just a great scene. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Good way to close it out. Yeah, yeah. Again, charming Matthew Broderick. And so Matthew Broderick, okay, now that we're at the, the close of the movie, I do want to talk a little bit about Matthew Broderick, if we can. So, as I said, he'll he'd be in a few movies in the night in the eighties and nineties. He was in War Games, I think, before this. Mm-hmm. But as he went on, it kind of got. I more... I think that was his first movie, War Games. Yeah, it was, it was one of them at least. And and then it, he became to like change his role. He was no longer young, and he kind of became like Cameron in a way. He was always kind of like. Right. Straight laced. Maybe he has like a crazy side to him, <laughs> but that's kind of what he became. He was that in like what producers, Stepford Wives, Godzilla, yeah, nineteen ninety seven yeah. Godzilla, movies like that where he's just kind of like I'm just a guy, like kind of cast on his looks, really. Yeah, kind of looks like the straight, straight edge, you know, white guy. Exactly, <laughs> middle aged. <laughs> From back then, he kind of looked like your everyday kid almost yeah. back in the eighties, yeah. but he kind of kind of adopted this look where he guess kind of looked like that and so yeah. that's kind of where we got him today his style was very gap mm-hmm. <laughs> right but, right in the middle but as we look at him in this movie I will, I will answer the question i do think he had a coolness about him during this movie that was appealing something you wanted to watch yeah and apparently they they, they wanted him for the role he said he was right for it when they auditioned him and but like and i, and I could see it he, he's, he's at his best here i think I don't think we have before or ever will see him again as good as he is in this movie. I think he's always serviceable. Sure. Yeah. In uh, you know, movies like you know, he's been in big movies like Glory, but he's you know never like a standout. He's always yeah. either 
serviceable it's a good movie, to though. bad. Yeah, Glory's great. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do that in our Civil War movie retrospect. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, kind of, where do you want to take us here, Luke? Um, End out our I first mean, review. I think that's about it. Um, for me, this was, you know, it was a good movie. I, I've really enjoyed this. Um, we'll be exploring a lot more. So this being one of our first, I'm not sure where I'd place it in the whole spectrum. But uh, Number one, it'll be interesting first. to look back <laughs> <laughs> once we've kind of finished our list at where this one falls. But uh, I would say right now, I would think this one would fall in my top ten, top 10 okay. of, um, you know, the John Hughes movies. Yeah, it's impossible of the good ones. for me to say. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I recommend it, uh, but I would manage your expectations kind of it's it is one of the kind of leave like turn off your brain like don't watch like don't watch this thinking it's going to be this high art kind of thing it's it's a fun time and i think that's what it's meant to be um sometimes are funner than others but i think overall i would recommend it maybe on the kind of lower side of recommending a movie but i would say hey if you haven't seen this and you're interested in it i would say check it out it's not a waste of time for sure yeah a lot of things are inspired by it, and you know if you're if you're a movie buff, I would definitely recommend it as something to catch. Cool. But yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, thank you. We are excited to bring you more John Hughes movies here on Breakfast with Candles. Yeah. Thank you for joining us, Jordan. <laughs> oh, thank you, Luke. It's been my pleasure. You guys have a great week. See ya. <laughs>